Before we get into this episode, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you enjoy listening to this show, please take a second to leave a review. It will help boost the show so that others struggling in a toxic workplace can find it. You can also go to my website, ToxicWorkplacePodcast.com, to send me a message, or if you have a story to share, send a submission request. Your story will be completely anonymous, and it will help thousands of listeners manage their own toxic work experience. My name's Carly, and this is Toxic Workplace, Antidote Edition. These Antidote episodes are meant to empower listeners who feel stuck in their own toxic workplace story. These bonus episodes will bring inspiration and motivation that will lead to a fresh perspective. This episode is especially dear to me because it's with my dad. My dad's story is one of tenacity, strength of character, and above all, putting family first. I had the idea to bring my dad on this podcast because I was thinking how so many people want to escape the corporate grind and start their own business. But that jump from company benefits and steady paycheck into self-employment is risky. It's scary, especially if you have high stakes like a mortgage and a family to provide for. It takes incredible courage and belief in your capabilities to do it. There's no one I can think of that has inspired me to chase my dreams more than my dad. What I admire most about my dad's story is that despite the failures from his past, he never quit his dream. And as you'll hear in this episode, nothing came easy for him. My dad's the ninth of 10 kids. He came from a working class family. Anything he wanted, he had to get it himself. Growing up, we didn't have much money either. And my dad would say he was rich with daughters, referring to my two sisters and me. And that was enough. My mom was always behind him, even during the hardest times. I know her role wasn't easy, and she is definitely a part of his success. What my dad doesn't talk about is how successful he is today. He doesn't really toot his own horn. We recorded this episode on Easter at my parents' house that sits on an acre of lakefront property. I'm not adding that to brag, but to shed light on the fact that if you push through your struggles, continue to believe in yourself, and never, never quit following your dream, you will come out on top. All right. From Los Angeles, California. (laughs) From Elyria, Ohio. (laughs) Um, All right. So let's start with... uh, I think one really important thing to start out with is your work ethic. You didn't really have anything handed to you, right? So like, and not like a big, long thing, but I think just kind of like how you got to where you are today. Uh, Well, I really didn't have a plan. I always felt like I wanted to be my own boss, as they used to say, or running my own company. I wasn't sure what it was going to be. I put myself through school. I paid for my own tuition, etc. And I remember all the classmates saying, hey, have you interviewed yet? Have you interviewed for a job and this and that? I'm like, you know, no, not really. I never really had plans to a corporate career. I had worked very hard right out of high school. I worked for a utility company and I was able to save quite a bit of money. Uh, Went to night school, got a uh, two-year degree and then transferred and got a four-year degree later. 
So right out of college, you know, you've worked your way through college, you saved up a bunch of money, and then you start a business. I did. Right out of college, I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I had a night job at UPS. That's how I got through college as well. And it was night, so it allowed my days to be free. And I'm, I thought it was a perfect situation because I had saved my money. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start my own business. But again, I really didn't have a background in any particular area. So I had a, a old pickup truck and I wasn't afraid of work and went into hauling junk, cleaning out basements, mowing lawns, you name it, just odd jobs. In fact, I saw one of my first business card. It was called the odd jobist. <laughs> and I was just, I would do whatever. And then after a couple, uh, you know, after a season, I started more into mowing, let's say. And at some point I said, okay, this, I'm going to pursue this being landscaping. I had majored in business finance. I don't know if I had a interest in finance and banking or the market or what have you. So after I graduated, I could go back and take uh, courses in agronomy and horticulture and turf management. And I, so I kind of used that as well as on-the-job training or and kind of learned a lawn care business and a landscape business. But it was tough. You, you kind of need a combination of business and experience or knowledge. And I didn't really have either. So I stayed at it about five, six, seven years, I think. But by that time, I had left UPS, so I was just trying to make it on my own. But we also started a young family, and before you know it, I had three daughters, and we were trying to just make ends meet, so really. It's like when I entered the scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you entered the scene. Uh, it was very, very hard. So by the time, work-wise and financially, it was it was tough. I just, by the time I learned what to do and how to do it and pricing experience and everything. Basically, I was broke. I was not broke, but in debt. Mm -hmm. So I just did not see a way out. Uh, and it was very frustrating for me because I had tried so hard. I was, right. you know, I was, uh, I never gave up and I just insistent that I make it. But, uh, you know, it's kind of like, I bang my head against the wall because it feels so good when I quit. So, uh, <laughs> It was kind of like that. So I left it. I did make some connections. So I took a job with the old Chemlon Corporation, and that gave me a, a corporate steady paycheck uh, in my industry, you know, gained some experience. But at home, it was allowed me to take care of my debts and my family and uh, get that part in order. And that, that, of course, has always been most important to me is, is taking care of my family. Right. So getting that corporate job with a steady known income, you know, when you're working for yourself with contract type work, you don't know when the next check is coming in the mail. Yeah. And, and you know, you, you really feel those ups and downs of the economy. Things are good, then contracting's great. But when things go bad, the first thing to go is their landscaping deck or project or what have you. So you'd end up starving. And then business for a startup just comes at you from every direction financially. Right. And you had no experience even, other than UPS and the utility company, you didn't grow up in a business. No. You never had no. that sort of... No. I, I had no advice. No one gave me any advice. No one gave me a nickel either. So no, I had to kind of feel my way 
through it. You know, I did learn, but it was a day late and, and a dollar short or a couple dollars short. It was just a, a, a tough way to go for a kid. Because at that time you were what, like 28? Uh, yeah, that was uh, right out of college between night school and night working. And it probably took me six, seven years to get myself through school. And then I probably did my business, like I said, five or six, maybe seven years. So uh, early 30s, yeah. Uh, uh, but it wasn't for the lack of trying. I mean, I just I just went at it and, and tried to piece stuff together. Right. But there's so many aspects of a business to learn. I mean, you learn finance in college, but that doesn't really give you the tools you need to know. Absolutely not. What's our process for collections? What's our process for invoicing? What's our process for, you know, selling, getting the next kind? I mean, and you're doing the work. So you're running the business and doing the work. One one thing when I went into business, they said, well, you know, you have to spend money to make money. So I thought that's all it would take because I had saved a nice nest egg and I was going to start this business. I wasn't afraid because I believed in myself and how hard I could work and it made sense to me that all I have to do is spend money and I'll make it happen. Well, to your point, Carly, though, what they didn't tell you or what that saying doesn't say is you have to spend money to make money, but make sure you get a dollar ten for every dollar you spend. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and right. that that's what I did that's what I learned coming out of it, you know, yeah. uh, coming out it was too right. late, but so at the point that you decided I'm going to go get a job with a company and leave this behind and you always want to be your own boss, did you feel like my dreams are shattered or like Yes, for sure. Absolutely. My dreams were shattered, but I had a solid home life. So I had a small family. I had three daughters, and and uh, my wife was behind me, but she didn't want to go through that financial stress any longer. And but no, my dream was was way downstream at this point. So get a corporate job, take care of your family, take you know try to get the best job you can. I was glad it was with Kemlon because to me I was staying in the industry then that I had learned. I had learned because, like I said, I had no experience in anything. Right. So I was kind of glad that I, I took that. Uh, Kemlon went into some changes. Like merging? Uh, yeah, they had a merger with uh, True Green Kemlon. Uh, I, I kind of came in there as a landscape manager, which was new to them. So they axed that uh, as soon as the merger came on. So that like division was eliminated. So I guess I could have stayed on, but I wanted, uh, in a way, I was like, this isn't, Mm-mm-mm. You got a healthy dose of. <laughs> oh, I got a healthy dose of. They don't care. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like mm-hmm, this yeah. is why I wanted to start my own business. But again, I wasn't able to. Uh, I didn't. I had no capital, mm-hmm. so uh, I did take a, another uh, position with another corporation, but it was a small corporation, uh, a good sized mom and pop operation, and I did landscape management for them. Uh, I was a landscape manager. They also did golf course construction. So they were multifaceted and uh, spent about five years there. But it was out of state. And uh, my wife felt, let's say, homesick. Uh, A friend that landed me a position earlier with my first corporate job came back around and, and actually had another company that he he was starting up and it was a national fertilizing company what very well known and had a position for me and it was right 
back in my hometown, and we're very excited to move my young family back. And by this time, I was probably in my late 30s, you know, and I had long forgotten about going back into business for myself. You know, like I say, that dream was, that was downstream. Uh, But here's a corporate job right back in my hometown. Uh, We're very excited about it and moved back. And what would you say you learned from working for a corporation that you probably wouldn't have learned had you always been in business for yourself? Uh, How a small business operates, I guess. And some of the things that you need to know, be it how to structure a corporation, how to make payroll, how to put the processes in place in a business. So in that small family operation, I observed a lot. I learned a lot of business just watching what they had done and pointing out to myself the mistakes I had made when, <laughs> because I didn't know. And from my corporate experience, uh, things such as HR, a lot of marketing, especially in the lawn care business, was uh, very aggressive. And don't be afraid to put money into marketing. That's what drives a business. Another thing I learned is deep pockets. Cash is king. You can't have enough behind you because you'll go through it. And you might be good and you might be the best. But if you can't bridge those gaps, if you got to sell assets or personal assets or something to make match things up, then you're out of business. It, it is like monopoly. In other words, when you land on other property and your cash is gone, you're out of the game. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you can't have enough cash. And that's probably what the best lesson I learned between the corporations and the small business and my own experience early on. Which, yeah, that's a tough lesson to learn. <laughs> I learned it the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But sometimes those tough lessons are, you know, if you learn from it and and can still move forward, but you're kind of once bitten twice shy about going back into business for yourself. The company wanted to move me again out of my area and they wanted, they, well, they didn't want, they did. They merged with another company, sure enough. And it kind of doubled up positions and what have you, and they offered me a position out of state. And my family was devastated by that because uh, I had considered it very strongly, but it, it just moving my family again at their ages and situations. So I took a buyout and I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do once again. So there I am thinking to myself, I left without a job. But I had a window to take advantage of an opportunity. Interviewed, interviewed. It was (laughs) was hard. I mean, I said, man, my resume looks great. My best line was uh, in an interview, I would say, I'll make you money. I guarantee it. Uh, Nothing came along straight away. And the more I got to thinking about it, I reconsidered going back into business for myself which was taboo in even talking about to my family because of what I put them through or what we went through in the early days to consider this. But I had a much better understanding of business and cash flow and experience and marketing. And the more I thought about that experience, I said, I could do this. Okay, I could do this. Now, I have to get the cash together. I was that much more confident 
to move forward. And I knew I could work through it and make it happen if I could pull everything together. I really want to talk about that year between the time you left the corporate position and the time that you left your next kind of bridge job. So I really considered going back into the business for myself. So I built a couple business models. Everything was in place except for the capital. And being unemployed, I guess, at that time, kind of tough to get a loan. So I actually took a position outside the industry for about a year. And that allowed me to then go to the bank, borrow against my house, all right, and at the end of the year, I left the corporation, kind of a bridge job, if you would, and started my own lawn care company from scratch, from zero, mm-hmm. with my business plan. And then at this time then, with the uh, home equity loan right. and credit cards yeah. that I had borrowed. Yeah. So, I mean, to put myself in your shoes, <laughs> like how scary that oh. had to be. Oh, no. I was writing checks out of my home equity line. To cover payroll with with no income coming in at that point. And it was that was a little bit nerve-wracking. But I felt I did have the finance. I knew how the business would work. I knew I could grow it. The first year, let's say I planned on making 800 customers or 1,000 customers on the books. I ended up with 450. Ugh. So it was like, ouch. I said, hey, this is what I chose. And I knew if I did 450, then the following year I could do 500. So that would be a total of, let's say, 900 customers. And then if I did it the third year, which is would actually just two-year calendar years away, I'd be at 1,400, 1,500 customers. And that's enough to, to get a toehold in the market and grow from there. So that first year, I pushed the spreader. I made the sales. I ran the phones. I did everything. I ran it out of my basement. I ran it out of my garage. Uh, I ran it out of a used van that I bought, actually two. And then I had a part-timer that I knew from my corporate life that was willing to help on Thursdays and Fridays. So the first year was, I did the whole thing, except for the marketing where we would telemarket and I would have as many as 10, 15, 20 High school kids on the phones at, in the evenings calling and telemarketing. <laughs> my, uh, my daughters helped tremendously. They say, well, you know, such and such in sons. Now, Ken and daughters. Because uh, I was in, what, 10th grade? That was probably the most I had ever worked in my life. And there, we had no choice, really. <laughs> uh, that, that, but... Uh, to contra- you know, <laughs> they received paychecks. Okay, oh, no, <laughs> there, there was, free. yeah, it, it, free, it, but... they received paychecks, and they would also then bring their friends in. Yeah, and and, and I don't know how many yeah. kids I gave their first job to. Right. You know. Yeah. And uh, that's how we built our business. It was scary at times, but I did rely on my experience from each of those corporations, and within one or two years, sure enough. I went to the bank again and got approved for SBA loans. They wouldn't have touched me 20 years before that. They wouldn't even come (laughs) anywhere near it. So I knew I had something going because I looked good to the bank. Right. So it it started to get better. And I mean, it started to get easier for me from the standpoint 
I wasn't doing every application, let's say. You know, I could now hire technicians. You know, this was also a time that when I, I left the corporation, my oldest daughter graduated high school and was had plans for college. So I had to make something work. Yeah, well, and I think the underlying message in this story for me is like, you make a mistake, your your dreams are shattered, but yet you you took a huge risk in spite of that. And because, well, you believed in yourself, right? But, but a- Absolutely. And you learned from the mistakes. You didn't just continuously beat yourself up, right? Like you, you eventually got yourself out of that. But the fact that you took that leap again and now you're successful, I think that is something, you know, don't be scared to get back on track. You know, if you were following your dreams and something happened and it knocked you off course, get right back on course. Sometimes you have to punt the ball, you know, you got to know and you got to have to know when to punt, but you don't punt the ball and then go to the sidelines and mope. You have to battle back. I know this is a stupid football analysis, but just like sports, you know, you don't know what comes around. You don't know what the other team has planned. You don't know what the weather's going to do. You don't, you know, so you get these things that come at you. And I had my family and my kids. I had connections in the business. So, you know, all those things come into play. But, it, you know, at the end of the day, it was my plan and it was my execution and it was my determination. And it was based on the experience and mistakes and you couldn't call them mistakes and you know there's punting the ball isn't a mistake it's a strategy <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of ways to win the game you know and you just have to see what comes your way but you also have to play you have to give it your most you have to believe in yourself and you have to believe in the people that are close to you and my family were i think we instilled a good study habits and work habits and tenacity I tease them. You know, I say, hey, you you girls, you're tough as nails. And they are. They don't quit. I think young people that are aggressive with tenacity, aggressive in the right way, I don't mean that as stepping on people, but doing the right things and working hard, I still say that that's a way to to achieve and and succeed. Truly believe that. And, And it's more today than ever, really. Right. How long did it take you from the time you graduated college until the time you started your own business for the second time? I mean, that's 20 years there. Yeah. Yeah, that's 20 years. And now it's been about 20 years on my own, build my business. And one of my daughters is my business manager and marketing manager. One of the high school kids that I hired to telemarket in high school as a 10th grader, he now is my general manager. Uh, I think he's been with the company 12 or maybe longer, maybe 14 years. He was just a kid. He was just a kid. He's just thriving. It's it's amazing how how well he's doing. The general manager would be considered almost like a Gen Z. I think he's that young. And Gen Zers are known to to hop around to different jobs. So the fact that he has stayed at your company since high school says a lot about the opportunities that people can get working for you. So going into managing people, because obviously this podcast is about bad management and people that feel stuck or manipulated or um, just in a bad environment where they can't grow, your style of management, how do you treat your people? How do you think a good manager manages people? 
you know, I, I, I don't know if I think about it in those terms because I know during my corporate life, it was one seminar after another trying to make it into that perfect manager. And I picked up tools. There's no doubt about it. You pick up this and that from HR and, and different departments and stuff that uh, help you along. But I, I've never really thought about it. I think just being myself or just, I have a goal in mind. It's my business. So I, I think I, I've been successful mixing my personality or my traits or whatever with business. You know, the company and, and Ken are the same things, right. you know, type of thing. Yeah. And they see that and they enjoy that. So I think you're very authentic and you're genuine. And so when you are genuine and authentic with others, you pull that out of them. And so the experience, the work experience feels authentic. It is genuine. The personnel that works out the best are generally along those lines. As we started to grow and I was getting older <laughs> and thinking about now what? You know, now where now I've grown this business and, you know, now, now what? So... I had to set up a means of at least a management exit plan. So I took my best people and I talked to them. I said, hey, this is what I want to do. I would like to have you step up mm -hmm. and basically run it. And uh, the general manager that's there, he took the ball and ran with it uh, along with my daughter. And then probably the hardest problem, I guess, if you could call it that, was stepping back, was letting it go. Mm -hmm. And... I'd be on the phone or a meeting and say, well, you know, I can come in there and fix this, but I'm not going to. You guys need to figure it out. And I said that because I knew they could. Okay. And boy, if you can find a person like that, that you can say that to, and then it does get resolved, then you, you really have something. Now, have they made mistakes? Probably not as many as I have, but, but you know, sure they do. I still watch over it a little bit. But it's the trust, right? So you trust that they're going to make good decisions. You're not micromanaging everything they do. I see a work ethic that I see in, that I saw in myself. Uh, I see a caring about their families, mm -hmm. and that's important. That it's not just a, a me type of thing, and that kind of runs throughout the company. You know, that's that's what I'm looking for. Right, and so then. Not to be all corporate on you, but then you're building this culture, right? And it's toned from the top. So you're hardworking, you care about family, family-oriented, and then it has now trickled down. Even without me being there. Even without you being there, yeah. Which is why I hear these toxic workplace stories, and even though they, they'll say, well, the owner, we never really saw them. So we can't blame them because they were never there. But really, no, you can blame the owner of a company, if a place is toxic, because they have they have to know. They should know. They should know. Yeah. And, and if you show me that, then then I'll, I'll show you someone who's kind of lazy. In other words, that owner is lazy mm -hmm. because he doesn't want to step back into that workplace. Mm -hmm. He'd rather not have to do that mm -hmm. and have someone that's maybe toxic but gets the pro bottom line or gets it all done or gets this or that, right. <clears throat> but he knows he's, he's let it something slide. And, right. you know, I guess to me, that's lazy. And you care. Yes. You care about the business, but then you also care about what's happening inside the business. And, and the people that have moved up with me are 
also people that care. Yes. We're, we're at a size that uh, is, is sufficient uh, for everyone that's employed there. We keep growing. We've grown every single year. Uh, I, I hope it, it, it continues, and I think it will. Is there anything you would tell yourself, like if you could go back in time, maybe at any point, is there anything that you wish you could tell yourself that you know now that you didn't know then? You know, I, 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 uh, not really. And, and I know that sounds stupid, but, uh, you know, I sized up the moment as best as I could, and I lived with it. It, it kept my family safe. Uh, I felt I was always making a move forward. I was always looking for an opportunity. You know, I, I moved forward in my jobs and my positions because I felt there would be a future in it. I didn't know. I wasn't sure, but I felt it matched me. It kept my family safe, and I'm going to try it. You know, to look back and say, you know, this or that, well, I don't know. Maybe I wish I, you know, something like, oh, I wish I would have started lawn care when I'm in my 20s. Well, I didn't know how. It took right. me two corporations yeah. and a credit line to find yeah. out. It's one of those things where even if you went back and said anything, right. you had to make those decisions in order to figure right. things no, out. Nothing would have made it any easier. You know, I guess I could look back and instead of starting my own business, go get a job. But that wasn't what I wanted to do yeah. at that time. Yeah. I felt that being my own boss, that was how I was going to make it happen and things would just yeah. fall in line because yeah. I worked so right. hard and I believed yeah. in myself. Right. Yeah. Even to go back and be like, hey, everything's going to be all right. It sounds like you kind of already knew in your gut, you know what? Everything is going to be all right. It was, even when it wasn't, uh, the financial loss that, that I took in my 20s lingered into my 50s. I was always behind the eight ball financially, not affording down payment on a home. Uh, we drove a, um, a Corsica while all the other families had a minivan. Uh, and, and you know, oh my goodness. Time. And, you know, and, and I, and, and I, and I would often look at myself and say, you know, you're college educated, you're smart, you work extremely hard, you know, what's wrong. <laughs> but you know what? I always got up the next day and went to work too. I, I didn't pout. I didn't stew. I didn't yeah. lay in bed and yeah. oh my poor me, right, this right. and that. I feel like even with my own situation, when I was going through that hard time and I went to the grocery store and my credit card was declined, it was like the worst at the worst it, point it was. of like where I yeah. was. And I had to walk out of there with James and Josie as babies with a declined cart of food. And I could have easily gone to you guys and been like, yeah. I need money. But I was just like, it's fine. It's yeah. going to, it's, uh, there wasn't ever a point where I was like, oh no, my life, like, like I believed in myself that it's never, it's not really going to be a big deal. It's a big deal at the it's time. It's a big deal, but it's like, don't <laughs> it's a let big this, deal at the time, don't but, let this crush But you. what are you going to do but but to move on? And in a way, it is funny that fate does intercede. And maybe not as dramatic as a bolt of lightning, but something comes along. that The, the right contact comes along at the right time. Sometimes that failure puts you in that position to receive that opportunity or that 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 connection, and and you go from there. Doesn't make it you know does make it any easier. No. I mean, yeah. being behind in bills and 
not having, you know, not keeping up with the Joneses. Right, but you can't let that, you can't let that destroy you. You can't let that just crush you so much because you're driving a Corsica and your friends are driving BMWs and, you know, you can't go to Disney World and, you know, <laughs> you're going, no, <laughs> right? Like, no, you, we, yeah, you, know, you got to just happy with, with, with what you have, yeah. even if it's nothing. But you did all the work to get there. You did everything right. You thought I checked all the boxes. Yeah, you did everything that you thought it would take, and you still end up behind the eight ball. And that is demoralizing. And to point at low ebbs in my career would be when I had to leave because of the merger in my early forties. Going, oh boy, what do I do now? Well, and that's another thing because I do get a lot of people saying, hey, I'm in my 40s or 50s and I'm, I feel hopeless because no one's going to hire me and I'm out of a job now. So here you are in your early 40s. In my early 40s and again, checking all the boxes, making all the, you know, had the education. I had a beautiful resume, but I had no offers come along that I felt was a good fit. And that was extremely extremely frustrating and then i'm thinking to myself i'm going to start a lawn care pushing lawns at at 43 years old i think back now and i'm like god i wish it was 43 <laughs> again but uh you know that's a lot of physical work uh, i think the fact that i had always been in lawn care or landscaping or physical work allowed for that but I wouldn't advise somebody at 43 to start pushing lawns for right. a living and right. trying to do uh, several hundred dollars yeah. in lawns one after another. <laughs> right. uh, I mean, it entails no lunches, quick breakfast, uh, you know, weather conditions nonstop. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, yeah. they're not going to do that. Well, you know, and the traditional career by the time you hit 40 you should be yeah. about to be partner you you've worked 20 years in an industry in an in an industry that i've given my career to and really getting nothing offered for me right. but i sure knew the business and and then you know and went that route well and i think your desire to be your own boss right that you do have a strong desire to to pave your own way to be your own person in your own created environment. Once, once I built the business plan, then that came back to me. But up to that point, I had only thought about taking my, care of my wife and family through a corporate job. And yeah. I had promised them and promised myself that I would not get in that situation again. But once I built that business model and I think to myself, you know, I could do this. But then, you know, of course, in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, I'm, you know, I'm in my, uh, I'm four, I'm over 40. Is this what I want to do? And, but then I drew, went back to that plan and that's what drove me. Maybe it's like a, an athlete getting back into sports or whatever you used to do as a kid comes back to you and you're like, yeah. oh yeah. You know, I started laying that business model one year on top of another, on top of another, thinking, man, five, seven years down the road, this thing, you know, this is where yeah. I'm, this is what's going to drive me. This right. is where I'm going to be. Yeah. And sure enough. Uh, and it so did. The thing is, it did pay off because now you have a very comfortable life. Very, very comfortable. Yes. I, I've got, you know, the, the girls are like, dad, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for your birthday? And I'm like, are you guys kidding me? Yeah. There's nothing <laughs> we can give you that you can't just <laughs> get, already get yourself you know we're we're not fancy people we're not no. uh, well, we elaborate. have humble beginnings <laughs> so, you know, and we're thankful for that but 
staying humble and you know that's important too and yeah we do we work hard and we always put family first dad i'm so proud of you and honored to be able to share this story with the rest of the world i hope you enjoyed the podcast if you have a story to share please go to toxicworkplacepodcast.com and click on be a guest your story will be told anonymously All names are changed to protect the employee and the company. And don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts.